Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of Between the Lanes. Uh, I'm here, Pops is here. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Ready to go. <laughs> Ready to excited. go. It's gonna be excited. Excited we have a good guest today. You got a nice purple shirt on today. Thank you. Now, I know those of you who are listening, uh, you're not getting this, so I'm creating imagery in your mind. It's this beautiful purple shirt. And uh, so maybe that shows you, you need to actually go watch this episode, not just listen to it. Uh, but listen, we are excited that you're here with us again this week. And uh, we have a very, very special guest. We're going to jump right into this. Uh, our guest this week is Irvin Lee. My friend Irvin, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Happy to be here. Man, it is uh, it's such an honor. Uh, Irvin... Uh, has an incredible testimony that has led him to uh, a ministry called From Beer to the Bible. So some of you are, are hung up on the first part. You're like, from beer? Wait, I, I don't. I, tell me more about that. <laughs> some of you are like, yes, tell me all about the Bible. We're going to go from beer to the Bible yeah. uh, with Irvin. And uh, so that uh, that's a ministry that he has to help people. I'm going to let you talk more about that. But Irvin uh, is an author of three books, runs this ministry, has been in the in corporate America uh, been in the marketplace as a business owner, and uh, just in general, a really good guy. A really good guy. Can you can you vouch who, for him even more? Who we love <laughs> dearly. We, we love dearly. Uh, so you know, our goal today here's this week's episode is about how to help leaders not fail. Yeah. Okay. So we know that there is a pressure on all of us. We know there's a spiritual battle. We know that the enemy is constantly at work against us. Yep. And his purpose is to bring us down. His, his purpose is to cause us to fail. And so many, many times, and what you do in your ministry is see people on the other side of that failure. Yeah. And the real question is, how do we help people not get to that point of failure uh, that causes them not to have to then end up being in a ministry like yours that's yeah. helping them recover from that. So uh, Irvin, tell us about From Beer to the Bible. Tell us about what all that you do. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to dive into how we can help people today. Okay. I like to start with the name because I, I can't take credit for it. Uh, early on, I wasn't with the Lord like I am now. I was on a plane and a lady sat next to me and she had, you could just tell, she had this light about her that she had her Bible. She didn't speak to me the entire flight. She was actually reading and, and praying. And I'm doing what I used to do, which was I was in the beer at that time. So I'm <laughs> drinking one beer after another on the flight. So fast forward, we get to the end of the flight. She still has not said one word to me. And she takes my drink napkin and writes, she's writing something. And I'm like, what is she writing? And then she finally speaks and she gives me the napkin and she says, hey, you're going to write a book and you're going to have a ministry call from beer to the Bible. Wow. And I looked at her and I'm like, lady, I'm not even with the Lord like that. I don't know how that could ever happen. Uh, but I took the napkin. I had this burden to take it. So I did. And I, it actually, the Lord wrote it on my heart. I never forgot mm. it. So fast forward 20 years later, wow! overnight, 20 years, here I am <laughs> with a ministry. And I wrote one book called From Beer to the Bible. Um, my story is about having time, resources, and no God. Mm. And that is a recipe to destroy yourself. You talked earlier about how the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy well, then he partnered me with other guys who had no God, resources, and time. Mm. So I picked up habits and I started drinking. And it started out fun. Um, 
But then it became, alcohol became my God. Mm. I was seeking it day and night, always seeking it. Well, we're to seek God. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw it to the point where I lost hope because I just really couldn't see any way out of it. I couldn't see a way out of it. And as you were talking earlier, I realized the other thing the enemy did was he separated me from fellowship and community mm. with men of God. So it was just me, the enemy, and the battlefield of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to win that very often. Yeah. So I end up... Uh, actually asking the Lord, I was like, just, you know, I'm, I'm finished here. I'm just finished. Can you just give me death? And I remember as quick as I said that his response was like, get up. No, I don't give death. I give life. And just that I I could get up. And I went in and told my wife I wanted to go to treatment and it took her 48 hours to figure out what to do with her drunk husband. I watched her cry, try to try to do her job, run the business that we had and then try to figure out a treatment center for me. And I remember saying to myself, I never want another person to go through this. So we uh, when I got sober, we started a ministry uh, from beer to the Bible. And what we do is we remove the stigma uh, around addiction by being the voice through our podcast and our show. And then we also connect people to the resources that are available uh, to recover. And we believe in not only recovering, but true freedom, which comes in Christ Jesus. Come on. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, one, one of the things when I, I first sat down to talk with you, Irvin, that stuck out to me is in the midst of all of that, yeah, you would look at young men sort of from your background and and you'd say i can help that guy and you'd pull him into your business to work for you so that you could really speak into his life that's an amazing commitment that you made even in that to you started in that small way to now the impact that you have with so many people well what i realized was the empathy before education right Coming out of corporate America and when I started the business, I had this image of what the people who would work for me would look like. And that isn't what I was getting. So I remember bemoaning to the Lord and said, hey, why did you give me these people? And the Lord said, "Uh, I gave you you. (laughs) I was like, whoa. So then I looked at my guys and I said, wow, most of my guys are 21 to 35 and they didn't have a father, and they're being raised by their mothers and their grandmothers. Well, y'all know my background. That's me. <laughs> so I turned it around. I said, what, what would I want? And I remember I just wanted hope, and I wanted somebody to teach me, hey, this is what being a man is about. This is how you serve the Lord. This is how you be married. Mm-hmm. So I started, instead of barking out orders, I would start with the empathy. How are you today? Mm-hmm. How are things going at home? And And the funny thing was productivity went up when I gave them the empathy before any education or. That's so um, good. Yeah. And and we oftentimes, I think as leaders, we forget that the people that work for us, actually, they're doing work for the Lord. We all are. They're people. They have problems, trials and tribulations. And many times we're talking five to 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. just. Hey, Todd, how are you doing? No, really, how are you doing? 
in, I would encourage leaders, and this is a thing I had to learn, um, be transparent. Mm. Like, what I love about the recovery community, we don't go good with each other. How are you today? Good. No, we go, hey, man, I'm, I'm a little depressed today. Hey, I'm thinking about drinking today. Mm. Hey, you might want to counsel me today because I'm not feeling that great. Yep. Those are the responses that we give and get to each other. So I just encourage I can't help you if I don't know you're hurting. Yeah. Mm. So I want to go back to you're on this plane and this lady gives you this napkin. Yeah. And um, 20 years later, yeah. boom, the ministry's there. But in, in between that moment and the yeah. final result of it, did the Lord bring that back to your remembrance? Did you tuck it away? So that. Yeah. But second, you weren't unaware of God at no. that time. No. And I think that's part of the the thing to draw out here is it can feel like someone who's got this testimony and goes from I'm far away from God and then suddenly I have this moment and and now God's present in my life. There are people and the majority of people probably watching might even be or listening who are people who I'm 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 walking with the Lord or I have an awareness of the Lord yeah. and I have this struggle. Yeah. So connect from go back 20 years. Yeah. Who 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 was Irvin then? You were you're talking about the beer, but what was <laughs> your awareness? Who who were you you at that time yeah. that actually can can help people maybe see themselves today and who you were back then? Yeah. The Lord always had a calling on my life. I grew up in church. Um, small Baptist church. Um, my great grandmother pretty much reared and raised me. So I was in church about three to four times a week, and we were we were Southern Black Baptists. <laughs> three hour services, and then come back in the afternoon on Sunday. Then Bible study. So, man, when I turned eighteen, I just felt like I was over churched. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, "Lord, it's been good. I'm out." And and I wow. proceeded to try to leave him. But I tell parents, take your take your children to church, teach them the Bible, because within that, I always heard him. He mm. was always calling me. Mm. And I I I could not understand. He was he, every year I had this burden, I would hear him, I have something for you to do. And I knew I was living wrong. Mm. Uh, but I didn't want to change. Mm. I just I would say, you know, Lord, next year I'm gonna mm. give my life to you. Mm. And I just I just didn't want to do it, man. And a lot of it, when I would hear the voice, one of the ways to drown it out and calm it down was to drink, mm. right? So you're trying to, you're drinking to silence the voice of the Lord? So the, that silence the, the voice, the calling, and just the sin I was partaking in. Yeah. You know, the Lord, I, the Lord was convicting you. Yeah, he was and always convicting like, okay, okay, I was enough. like, yeah. And and the funny thing was I would be in these situations, these clubs, these bars, and and chasing women. I could I always would always be standing there going, looking around at everybody else, and it felt like they were having more fun than me. Mm. And I would say to myself, like, why can't I just truly enjoy these moments of sin? Because <laughs> I wanted to, but I just, I knew I shouldn't be in those places. I knew I shouldn't be in those places. And the lesson of my life is this. God can speak through sin. God can speak through sin. I was heavily in sin and womanizing when I found my wife. And the, the the about the second or third time I saw Lorraine, I remember I was quiet, and the Lord says, "This is your wife." 
I'm not walking with the Lord. Mm. I'm not praying. I'm not reading the Bible. But the voice says, this is your wife. Mm. And I did what we always do. I was like, Moses, no, 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 no. I got somebody. <laughs> this is, can't be. You don't know. And he said it twice. And I said, I'm going to trust that. I'm going to trust that. And God was right. Wow. He knew I needed Lorraine because the other young lady would not have stayed with me through the storm that was to come. Was to come. Yeah. So in, in the, did, did your business come first or did the addiction come first and the business come out of the addiction? Um, well, I spent most of my career, uh, in uh, alcohol and uh, liquor business, I'll say it that way. And it did not. I, I started to notice um, when I was in corporate America that, man, I start to notice the symptoms, right? I'm, I'm sweating, and if I don't have a drink, I'm irritable. And I, I knew probably about two years before I fell in, fell hard into alcoholism, that something was amiss, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm so stressed and I, I just can't figure it out. So I get a new job and man, I'm super stressed in this job. It's high pressure. And I notice I'm, I'm in the alcohol industry and I'm drinking and I just can't perform anymore because the drinking is, is taking over. Mm -hmm. So I get asked to leave. And at that point, I'm going, what am I going to do? So uh, my business broker at the time said, hey, you already have all this experience. Why don't you just buy a liquor store? Well, that's probably not a good guy, uh, a good idea for a guy who's already struggling, struggling with alcohol. With alcohol yeah. So I get into business, and it's going good for about a year and a half. I'm rolling. Uh, it's profitable. Prosperity comes. And... At that point, man, that's when when I got a little bit more than I've ever had. Uh, prosperity promotes pride. I got prideful. Um, I felt like, man, coming from nothing, right? Not very much. We had a lot of faith. We didn't have a lot of resources. You're always thinking that when I get this money and when I get this house and when I get this car, uh, Man, I'm going to, that's it. I'll be whole. Well, I had all that stuff. And I woke up one day, and I'll never forget. I I just was like, what is missing? Why am I not happy? This is what the world said you should have. I live where I'm supposed to live. I have what I own this business. What is the problem? And I just was void, man. I was yeah. so empty yeah. because yeah. I felt like, no, this, this is what y'all told me. Yeah. And, uh. So then I just start doing stuff. I just fell and start going places I shouldn't go. And and it just, you know, at a point, I my wife knows I'm just forthright. So at a point, I just like decide to just, hey, maybe I shouldn't go home anymore. Maybe that'll make me happy. Uh, hey, maybe I should move out of the house. That'll make me happy. And I'll just party, party, party. And I'll never forget when I had moved out of the house, I'm staying at... <laughs> Staying in a hotel. Um, they say, hey, your wife's here. I said, what? My wife's here. And I'm thinking, oh, she's got those divorce papers. And my wife sits me down. And I, you know, I'm man, by that time, I'm drinking all day, every day. And she says, I want you to come home. Mm. I want you to come home. 
And even though I was in the midst of my sin, for some reason I, I went home. Wow. It didn't change the behavior. It didn't change the drinking. Uh, until I just had that moment I told you guys about. So I tell leaders, you know, man, when you get prosperity, double down on all your spiritual disciplines. Mm. Keep men around you who will hold you accountable. Mm. And it's the Lord that gives you the ability to create wealth to be successful. Mm. I forgot all that. I just, I, I don't, I'll tell you the turning point when I got lost. Even though I wasn't with the Lord, I'm going to back up about six or seven years before I fell into deep addiction. I remember I used to get down on my knees and pray every night because that's just what I was taught. And one night I hear this voice that says, why are you praying? You you don't need to pray. You're self-made. And I was like, and then the voice says, you did all of this. And I said, I looked around. I'm like, yeah, I did do all this. I built, because at that point we had multiple liquor stores. And I'm looking around and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I go to work every day. I did all. Yeah, let me get up off my knees. <laughs> and that's when it got bad. Wow. I stopped praying. Wow. I got up because that voice convinced me, deceived me that I was self-made. And wow. you hear that now. Yeah. People, I'm self-made. That's self-made billionaire. That's self-made millionaire. Well, I believed a lie. I thought I was self. Now I look back on that and go, man, how could you believe that? <laughs> right. But I wasn't consuming the word. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't honoring my covenant with my wife. So, man, I was just deep in sin. So his voice, that sounded good to me. <laughs> well, and probably the reality of it is you you had built a lot. I think about the the idea of what what do we build our house on? Yeah. Do we build it on the rock or do we yeah. build it on sand? And so the reality of it is you had built something, yeah. uh, but in your own life, that came crashing down really, oh, really, I was going to say really quickly, but the that was a long fall for you. Yeah. I mean, it, it took a while and ultimately there was a crash. Yeah. So let, let's talk about what you see today. Now that you're on the other side of this, you're helping uh, you're helping people navigate out of this world where they've found addiction. It could be in alcohol, could be in drugs or any other yeah. And from pornography to other ways that they try to cope with something in your own life and what you see in people, where did the fall begin? I'm listening to your story and I'm going for you. It, 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 uh, we know a little bit, you're on a plane, you get a, a word from a lady, but it began before, before that. Yeah. And, but along the way, God was knocking. Yeah. And, and I think about, you know, today there's people that, that God is knocking at the door of your heart and he wants in yeah. And the question is, are we going to let him in? Yeah. Or are we going to listen to that knock and try to silence it? Yeah. Uh, and and perhaps listen to another voice, which was mm-hmm. a voice you listened to at that moment. Yeah. Whenever you said, I'm I don't know that uh, yeah, I am self-made. Yeah. I did do this on my own. And there's going to be these competing voices. Which yeah. one are we going to listen to? But when when is there a way you can say when the fall really begins for someone? Yeah. When I embrace Pride. When I embraced pride, selfishness and self-centeredness. And every morning now that I get up, I say, where's my pride? Mm. Where is my pride level? Mm. And how's it working? And how can I go help and serve someone else? Getting out of pride is showing empathy and love to someone else. Mm. 
not thinking about yourself, right? Mm. And I have to check my pride. I'm checking it all throughout the day. And the thing that the Lord showed me was my pride and my attitude and my motives were wrong. He said to me, I remember praying, he said, every decision you make, it is always about money and financially based. Mm. I take care of you. Mm. I am the one who provides for you. Stop making every decision mm. based on your perceived need. Mm. I, I was like, that's kind of, Lord, that can't be true. Well, I go back and I look over my life and I gave up my dreams to chase money. Mm. I, I could have, I had a choice, I'll never forget, I could have took the job that was would pay me $12,000 when I got out of college, that was his calling, that would have got me in my purpose a lot sooner, or I could take the job that was $35,000, company car, and a 20% bonus. Well, mm. coming from where I'm from, to me, that's an easy decision. <laughs> I'm chasing this, man, yeah. this corporate thing sounds good. Yeah, that's the good thing to go do. Yeah, I, that's what I've dreamt of. I give that up. I have to have this money. Mm. And so now um, I realize, hey, man, when you get in your pride, and when you think you take care of yourself mm. and your motives and your attitudes are wrong, mm. you're going to open up the door to destructions, trials, tribulations that you would otherwise not create for yourself that has sometimes dire consequences. Yeah. You know, uh, Irvin, I've, I've said for years, I've interpreted a passage of scripture this way. The, the book of James says that every one of us sins when we're carried away by our own lust. Mm. And when lust is conceived, it produces sin and sin produces death. Yeah. And I, I think about that and I think, so the, the reality is we have certain appetites that God has, yeah. has created in us. And the, the, the journey of life is to determine which way are you going to fulfill these appetites? Yeah in a way that God approves or in a way that your flesh wants you to. Yeah. And, and that's where the struggle is. I, I want what I want and I want it right now and I want as much as I can get of it. And it, it, it ends up being a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk more about the slippery slope. Cause I, it's, you know, I, I like to joke there was growing up, I felt like as my dad would try to emphasize, you know, be careful because you might do one thing and it's a slippery slope. And I would, I mean, I'd literally think either I've made this up and attributed it to you, or you actually said this, but it would be like, he would say, listen, if you start with two Advil and you go to four Advil before you know it, you're it's doing cocaine. a line of Coke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a slippery slope. <laughs> that's uh, true. So careful with your Advil. So talk about slippery slope to you. Yeah. I, that's, that's what it means to me is the decisions that we make, it, they start little, we think this is no big deal. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that's the way it felt to you is this is just one drink and it's no big deal. And yeah. okay, I'm going to have a couple today because you know, it's a bad day. I'd, I'd feel, I'll feel better after I have a couple of drinks. And all of a sudden, before you know it, the slippery slope is taking you into full blown addiction. It's yeah. like, wait, how did I get here? Yeah. 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 And no one is immune from that. Yeah. Uh, we, if we don't manage the, the desires that we have, if we just fulfill them in any way that we want, it'll take us to the worst place that we can be. Yeah. And I, I think being keenly aware of what those lusts are. So now I'm keenly aware there's three that I have, right? And I call them the three W's. And every day I get up, I pray over them, 
and I'm always aware. I'm sober and alert, right? I, mm. I believe I'm healed from alcoholism, right? It's the other two that I worry about, but I treat them like I treat alcoholism. Just don't take the first one today. Mm. For 24 hours, just don't take the first one. Mm. And I'm always sober and alert to those. And then I studied my family history, and I looked at all the men in my family. I went back generations, and, and the three that I struggle with, are the three that caused them to be derailed and downfall. Mm. So the enemy's been very consistent in the way he attacks the men in my family. Mm. So now we we make the younger guys aware, hey, perhaps you refrain from alcohol. Remember that what happened uh, for generations with us, right? And we we've um, we're keenly aware. So I would tell people, you got it's that transparency again. Yeah. Be yeah. honest with yeah. yourself. Yep. Yeah. Are you comfortable to share what your three? Yeah, 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 I will. Lorraine, I know you know this. Wine, (laughs) women, and uh, wealth. Mm -hmm. So the three W's. So I'm always, any decisions around those three, I'm I'm super sensitive about, okay, what's my motive behind what I'm doing? Is it it money-driven, right? And um, I'm happy to say that for eight years in my marriage, I've been faithful now, right? I've been I've been married longer than that, right? And I made mistakes around that. And that had nothing to do with Lorraine, right? The times that that I um stepped out on my marriage, that that was the pride and satisfying the desires yeah. of my lust. But I'll I'll tell any any man out there, don't ever break your marriage covenant under any circumstances, mm-hmm. right? God is is healed and restored my marriage, but man, there's consequences for that. Mm, yeah. It's just, and and it isn't that God punished me for the sin; He He punished Christ for that. But when you break God's law, mm. the the consequences are, are written into the law. Yeah. He doesn't have; it's just yeah. written in the law. So I suffered consequences from it. And those three things that I told you guys about. Mm. Man, I didn't think I could give up those things for seven seconds. <laughs> and now it, it's eight years of my marriage, and I've been sober for seven and a half. And I don't look at everything um, and make decisions solely based upon money. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think of these appetites, and maybe they're not all of them, but I, I think of an appetite for food. Yeah. I think an appetite for sex. Yeah. So you're women, you know, you were fulfilling an appetite that God put in you in a way that God didn't approve by chasing skirts all over the the place. Uh, There's an appetite for status. We want to be recognized for (laughs) who we are and money and and business success brings status. And and so the very things that you've mentioned, Irvin, uh, that it's God who gives us the power to get wealth it, the recognition of that yeah. is the the attachment of that appetite for status to God. Yeah. I want to hear God say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Yeah. I don't want to want the, necessarily the accolades of uh, of mankind, and then uh, an appetite for pleasure. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy life. I don't want to be uh, mired down in religious legalism, and so we push away from the very things that will give us the the fullest pleasure in life, mm-hmm. we push away thinking there's something more. I, you got to pursue that. Yeah, I remember the Lord just would let me sit in Genesis and the story from the beginning, right? And I was like, why are you 
having me Adam and Eve and sitting in Genesis 3. And what he really was trying to get me to realize was he wasn't holding out anything on me, right? Mm -hmm. Like there was something else and that I love you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to perform. And for me, part of not having a father in the house was I just related to God like my earthly father, right? My yeah. earthly father was a disciplinarian. I love him. He was my coach. And I just felt like I could, I had to perform and I could never please him. So I looked at God that way. In the last two years, God has just been really saying to me, hey, I am love. Love me and love others. And he's put me in situations where um, things that I'm challenged by and I look at him and I said, well, what do you want me to do in this situation? Right? That's my prayer. He says, I want you to love on him. Just get out of yourself and love on him. I'm love. And I think in our world, we talk a lot about God, but we forget that God is love. And there's two things he says, hey, love me, love me and love others. Yeah. And that's been my focus since I recovered is, man, I'm just going to love on you. Uh, it just... And and out of that has come this deep inner healing for me. It, it, it's amazing. Yep. I'm like, yep. I do anything. I just go love on you people, Lord. <laughs> but, you know, and, and I want to say this to, to both of you. And I don't know if you knew this. I, so when I lost the business and everything, I didn't really have much to do. And I remember saying and praying, the Lord says, I want you to go give away your talents for free. Well, a guy who loved money like I did, that's like, uh, no, right? <laughs> so that was my initial response. And I said, Lord, I don't even know how you go about doing that. Well, um, fast forward, we, you and I, we connect. Yep. You and I, we connect. And then you guys start allowing me to just come around. And I just started coming around. And yep. I'm like, okay, I'll just go love on people. And I just kept, you guys allow me to just keep coming yep. around, right? <laughs> so I ended up just being able to do what he commanded me to do. <laughs> I need you to go give away your talents for free. Well, when you're a business guy like I, like I was, my empathy was very low, very low. So by you guys allowing me to come around and volunteer and serve at the church, my empathy amazingly, I became more balanced. I was way business and hardcore. And I watched God bring my empathy and my love up. Cause I, I'll be honest with you. My wife will tell you, um, a book in being by myself, I'm very comfortable with <laughs> what I was not comfortable with was this notion of loving others mm. and serving others. Yeah. Yeah. And so God said, go get some training on that. <laughs> if there's a way to work yourself out of selfishness, it's to serve. Yeah. Uh, and and getting your eyes off of yourself. Yep. Sometimes the only way to do that is to get out and to serve. So I'm thinking about the... Can we... Can we wait just a second. I just want to affirm something in you, Irvin. I don't think I've ever been around you personally when you haven't asked me. So how are you doing? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think when I greeted you this morning, you said, yeah. how, how are you doing? Yeah. And when you ask that question... You look right, look, look me right in the eyes, and I know it's not a a casual greeting. Right. So how are you doing? You're yeah. really asking me, how are you doing? In fact, there's been a couple of times when I've given you a quick, yeah, yeah I'm fine, and you you stop me and say, no, I want to know how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and so I I just want to say, I personally have been the recipient of 
that work of God in you. Yeah. And uh, thank you. Well. And for someone who says your testimony is, I lacked a lot of empathy, yeah. you today are one of the most empathetic exactly. men that I know yeah. to that testimony. And seeing you oh, wow. at work in the lives of people, and I think about your from beginning <laughs> with that note from, from a lady who was hearing from the Lord for you, you are now walking that out. Your, your whole purpose in life is to see what God is doing in someone's life, and you're speaking into it. And so you're listening to the voice of the Lord. And I, people who are tuning in to the podcast today, God may be using you in the life of someone today. You may be, you may be sitting next to someone in a plane, and God says, hey, I just want you to say this. I want you to write this note. It could be speaking a 20-year destiny down yeah. the road. It could be helping them right now in this moment in their life, yeah. uh, in that very instant. And so being attuned to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And so that's, that's what you are doing today in your ministry. And I imagine there's several tiers of people. There's someone who you might notice is at the very beginning of that slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Then there's someone who finds themselves, oh, they're, 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 they're down the way a little bit. And mm-hmm. then you have someone who's full-blown, hey, they're in addiction recovery and so forth. What are, what are you seeing as common traps? You've talked about pride. Are yeah. there others? Uh, and what do you say to people who find themselves at those places and might be going, I feel helpless. Yeah. I don't know what to do now. The, the first thing that I see that is stripped away is discipline, self-discipline, self-care. Mm. I lost all my disciplines. Mm. The, before I fell into full-blown addiction, I was stripped of all the working out, the mm. praying, all the disciplines of my rhythm of living were lost. Wow. And as you watch that, I'll never forget, um, it was Miles Davis, a great jazz musician. <laughs> and he said the same thing. He said, he said, when did you fall in addiction? He said, man, I started to drift and I lost all my discipline. And if you listen to people who fall into addiction and sin, it strips away your yeah. disciplines, right? Yeah. You stop praying, you stop mm. reading, you mm. stop the things that got you to where you yeah. were, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Strip that discipline away. And when you're undisciplined, you are opening the door mm. to your lusts, your desires, mm. and then you're going to fulfill them. Yeah. So I'm very disciplined about the way I live my life. And then the other thing that happens when we make mistakes, we get into shame. Shame is a powerful tool our enemy uses to destroy us. Instead of running when you when you fall down, instead of me going to another man or my dad, I'm internalizing that. And all of a sudden I keep doing things. My closet is just full and I'm never unpacking Mm -hmm. it. So that's the other thing that I see. And then. We have to, the biggest thing I see with leaders and and men and as we fall into these things is the inability to process and anticipate problems. Mm -hmm. I don't see that ability in us to say, okay, let me take inventory of my life. Mm -hmm. What problems, challenges, and trials are coming. Because yeah. it says when. Mm. That means they're coming, yeah. right? Yeah. And and then the other thing I would say is when the mess occurs, when the addiction occurs, leaning in, mm. right? When I the hardest thing for me to do was when I lost that business and that first day after, 
getting up, taking that first step. I still remember it. I still can't even believe I had the energy, the the courage. Because, man, everything, it, I, I remember saying, man, this is the language. Everything you built, you just lost. Mm, mm. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. But I was able to get up, get in the truck, mm. and start trying to address the mess that it was, right? Yeah. And and the enemy's always gonna gonna say, what are people gonna think? Yeah. We yeah. have to get out of, and that's the other thing I see. Gotta stop people pleasing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> stuff happens to everybody. Yeah. It just does, yeah. right? Yeah. It it just does. Look, I'm not happy about the things that I did when I was in my active addiction, when I was in my active sin. I'm not happy about those things, but I will tell you about those things. So Todd, Tom, hey, don't do that. I tried that. I got mm-hmm. the scars. Yeah. I got the scars yeah. to show you. So I go and I talk and share that with young men because they say, oh, I think this will work. No, buddy. Mm. Right. <laughs> I, and I, I said to God not too long ago, I said, hey, I would have rather been one of those guys who read your word, stayed the course. And I'm just speaking to people from mm. what the book says. I'm one of those people. I get to speak to people because I have lived <laughs> painful experience filled with consequences. But yet I got to see the goodness and the glory of the Lord yeah. in the land of the living. You know, you know, one, one thing about your story, Irvin, that I think maybe has application to a lot of people that could be watching this podcast. <clears throat> when when God began to speak to you, even the beginning, the, through that lady on the plane, yeah, <clears throat> the voice wasn't. Now you got to clean yourself up before I'm even going to look at you. No. You're you're in such terrible shape. You God accepted you where you were. Yeah, began speaking to you, and th- there were years <laughs> where God was working in your life while you were still a business owner of liquor stores. Yeah. You, you, you know, feeding your own addiction, but but God leading you out of that. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, a conversation that you and I had, and I remember thinking, uh, okay, uh, Irvin, as long as God is working with you and you're impacting people in your liquor store, just follow God. Yeah. But there may be a day when God asks you to give that up. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Uh, and now, looking back, yeah. you can understand God had a much bigger and better plan, yeah. but he didn't say at the front end, got to give all this up before I'm even going to talk to you. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's the religious way that we approach people yep. is, oh, man, you're you're messed up, dude. Yeah. And until you get yourself right, don't even try and come to God. Yeah. Yeah. And God says, no, no. Come to me in your brokenness yeah, yeah. and let me put you together. Yeah, you're thinking, come to me, those who are weary yeah. and heavy laden. Not those who are perfect and got it all together. You're <laughs> right. weary and heavy laden. Exactly. I was thinking about as you were talking about those different pitfalls, that it 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 can seem like a big stretch for someone to reverse course or change yeah. course. But it really can begin with just one small step. As it, and I, that, it's like that that uh, statement when the guy was laying, you know stepping foot on the moon. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, one small step for somebody in the area of discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you said discipline could be a problem. Well, 
So what, what can be a small step that begins to work discipline in my life? It could be a spiritual discipline. Hey, yeah. I, I, I spent five minutes praying this morning. Yeah. Or it could be just a physical discipline. I got up and I made my bed like yeah. an act of discipline. Mm-hmm. One small step could change your life. I'm thinking about the idea of shame. Yeah. And shame, we begin to internalize shame. We've made some bad choice and a bad decision, and suddenly we're overwhelmed by shame. Well, one small step says, hey, don't get isolated. Yeah. If shame drives you to isolation, then a way to step out of shame is to talk to somebody. Yeah, It's one small step to go, can I, can I tell you something? And, and that can feel so terrifying. It can be so vulnerable to go to someone and admit a struggle, but that one small step could be a giant leap for recovery. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the most powerful thing that I learned, if I, if I went over my life, I backed it up, and where purpose is not known, addictions, problems, creation of consequences mm-hmm. is going to occur. Purpose is not known. And I was like, did I ever know? No, I never knew what my purpose was. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing. I never asked God what it was, Mm -hmm. right? So I allow myself, my lustful desires, um, the enemy and the world to create what my purpose was. Mm -hmm. That wasn't my purpose. For me, I used to think it was to be a business owner, to get a lot of money and be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then the guy who discipled me, I'll never forget this. He sat me down in a chair and he said, do you think that God created you to get out here where you live and be comfortable and go on vacations. God didn't create you for that. You need to get up off your butt and go help somebody. (laughs) He created you to go help the next young man who has your background and all. And I'm sitting there going, I think Mm. I want to fight you. (laughs) But I'm crying though. He connected with my soul and I'm going, yeah, do I really want to be going on great vacations and all that? I thought that's what my purpose was, was mm. the Lord was blessing me so that I could be comfortable. Mm. No, actually, the Lord was uh, allowing me to realize that uh, I make the mistake that I watch people make all the time, especially leaders and business owners. I confuse the source and the resource. Mm. All right. And Tom yeah. knows, I said, when God said it's time to give that business up, this was my comment. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. That's the source of how we support the ministry, how I support my family. Listen to what I'm saying. And God says, you've got that wrong. Mm. I'm the source. I gave you, I allowed you to have those resources. You need to depend on me and recognize that I'm the source of everything in your life. That was a tough lesson to learn. Tom, my wife, and my dad all told me on the same day, that it was time to get out the liquor business. Mm. And the hardest thing to accept as a leader or a business person um, is the changing of the seasons. Mm. Yeah, mm. My so season true. was changing, yeah. and I stayed too long. The Lord had it lined up. I could have sold it and all. And Tom, no, I'm, man, I'm struggling. I'm battling because I wanted to know the how. Mm. The how is not my business. Yeah. I ask God all the time. God, God called me. And after I said, okay, business blows up, I'm laying it down. I'm finally going to obey you. I'm going to go full-time ministry. I have one question. How's this going to work? And he gives me the same answer every time. So stop asking how. <laughs> he said, I'll be with you. Yeah. yeah. That's enough. That's all you need. Yeah. That's enough. You know, I was thinking about that 
uh, and even related to your other point uh, when you're working through the different pitfalls, and that is being able to anticipate a problem coming your way. And and so there's there's one side of it when you're you're in uh, a problem and you're in trouble, being able to anticipate, hey, if I do this action, it might lead to this. And yeah. you know the enemy is so strategic, oh. uh, and sometimes people we just aren't. Yeah. We, we don't put a thought that hey, if I if I do this one thing, it could lead to this. It's a slippery slope. This yeah. one drink or this one watch. Uh, something I look at, it could lead to this. So I just prevent that. So anticipation and, and going, you know what? I don't actually need to know where all this might slip. I just know if it slips a little bit, I don't even want that. Yeah. And then, so that's that side of anticipation. The other side of what you're saying of going, Lord, I don't know. I don't know how to anticipate what you might do, but I can take one step of obedience yeah. yeah. And I don't have to anticipate in that way all that you're going to do. I just need to obey what you're saying to do next. That's it. That's it. it the, Self, self-disclosure mm-hmm. in this is also a big deal. You've, you've mentioned it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think uh, of a story that I heard Jack Hayford uh, tell, Pastor Jack, uh, you know, previous generation spiritual uh, leader and impactor and he said uh, he came into his church office one day and uh, gave a hug to the mm-hmm. secretary. And it was a warm, friendly hug. He goes into his office and he thought, you know, that felt really good. I think I want another one. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so he said, so I turned around, walked into my associate's office and said, I want you to know, I just came in, gave this lady a hug and I wanted another one. I wanted you to be aware. Mm. Uh, what a accountability yeah Yeah. what a self-disclosure that that helps surround you with the encouragement to do the right thing yeah yeah Yeah. that that that's so so impactful and if i talk about my leadership style now right it's i love even when i don't want to (laughs) so it sounds like a simple statement, but let me unpack it. There are people, situations, and organizations that I don't want to love. Mm-hmm. But God called us to love him and love others. Yeah. So I step out mm-hmm. and I try to love, mm-hmm. even though there are, I'm human. There are just days and times I, I don't feel like loving anybody today. <laughs> so I just lead from a, I'm going to love even when I don't want to. Yeah, that's. I think the the encouragement that I take from what you're saying, listening to your story, and kind of one of your last points was, I we have people who are tuning in today who can really learn from mistakes you made yeah. and what got you into a deep a deep pit, uh, and learn 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 from somebody else. Don't Man, make the please. mistake on your own. Just go ahead and pick up from someone else's experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we're getting ready to close yeah. close this podcast. But Irvin, I, I would say if somebody's watching today yeah. and they, they think, you know, I know I need to change some things in my life. Yeah. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to contact. Yeah. Uh, is there a resource that uh, can they contact you or uh, your yeah. ministry mm-hmm. and, you know, tell them how they can get help? Uh, in, yeah, in- you can find us at FromBeerToTheBible.com. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com. And reach out, send us an email. We will we will help you, mm. right? And I tell people we deal primarily with drug and alcohol addiction, but we love people. 
and our numbers on there. And then I tell people this. This is how serious we are. You can reach us at 303-641-5193. That's my personal sale. That's how bad we want to help you. Text me. I'll call you right back, and we will connect you to the help that you need. And if you really find yourself struggling today, the first step is humility. Mm. Humble yourself and reach out yep. and say, I need help. Mm. So good. Awesome. From beer to the Bible.com, from beer to the Bible on social media, yeah, from beer to the Bible podcast, YouTube channel, don't YouTube channel, yeah. all the different ways. Yeah. Um, I just, we just encourage you to, to, if you're at any place in this journey, maybe it's even you, you took one step and that slippery slope could begin and you just want to go, Hey, I, I need to, I need to back up for a second. Yeah. Don't find yourself all the way down the slope, back up for a second. Let, uh, let Irvin or let somebody be able to help you, uh, Irvin, you are a blessing. You've been a blessing to yes. us personally. You've been a blessing to the church, uh, the Big C Church, uh, yeah. and many, many people have been helped by what you do. Well, I wanted to say to you guys, right, in the form of you never know where your help's going to come from. Mm. Man, I had no idea the impact that you two would have on my life. And I would, I know we would talk, but really and truly what I, I learned by watching you guys Right. Mm. I, I, I remember meeting you first. Mm -hmm. Then I met your dad and I said, oh, I got I got double trouble here. <laughs> and I just watched how you guys treated people. I watched how you did your business. I watched how you you honored your wives and your families and your drive and your commitment and your application of the word of God on your lives. So as much as I learned from talking to you, I actually was always watching you. Mm. I, because we can say a lot of things, but the real truth is the application of the word of God mm. in yeah. our daily, daily yeah. lives. And yeah. sometimes daily means moment by moment. So thank you for your support of me and our ministry. And I'll leave with this. Um, through your support and your partnership, we're closing in on 1,500 people Come being on. helped from drug and alcohol wow. addiction, which we could not have done mm, without your God. support. So I'm looking that's forward amazing. to God continuing to bless you guys and all the work of your hands. Amen. And, and, and you bless you thank and your you. ministry as yeah. well. Uh, thanks so much, Irvin. Thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in. Dad, you want to pray us out? Yes, Lord, we, we thank you for our friend, Irvin Lee. We thank you, Lord, for the redeeming story of his life and ministry. And I pray today that uh, what we've shared, that you would personalize yes, uh, to make impact on leaders, leaders who are struggling with uh, status or identity or wealth or, or significance in their life, and uh, that, Lord, you'd bring freedom, you'd bring uh, joy, uh, true joy and peace as a result of your work in their life. Thank you, Lord, for Irvin and for his ministry. We pray a blessing on him today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. See you next time.